0: And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox.
1: Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, where each and every week we work super duper hard to make sure that you're getting the information and inspiration you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business, or in the case of today's show, possibly your kids' and grandkids' real estate investing business, because we're addressing a topic today that I know is near and dear to a lot of real estate investors hearts and that is how do I get my kids interested and involved in and active in the business that has completely changed my life before they spend 25 years in corporate America spinning their wheels first. My guest today mm-hmm. <laughs> My guest today is Jim Wood He is the creator and former head of the Entrepreneurship Degree Program at Cincinnati State University, Uh, also headed up the real estate program there. He's the multi-year instructor of the Youth Entrepreneurial Academy at the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association's annual convention and also a coach of folks who are looking to get started in Real estate. Uh, he's joining me in the studio today. Uh, appreciate you being here, Jim. Well, thanks, Vina. Good to be here. It's kind of a treat to actually have a guest in the studio. <laughs> like so, so often, I'm interviewing people who are in, you know, California or Tennessee or something. And when when Mike's when Mike's giving me the break time to break signal, I've got no way of like <laughs> showing it to the the person on the other end of the phone. But uh, so. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a story that I don't think I have told you before, but that relates to our topic today of getting your kids uh, into the business. My father was absolutely convinced that I was never going to get married, like from, from the time I was like five or six years old. He, he, you know, very traditional 1950s type dad, not that I was born in the 50s, but he was an old dad. And, uh, you know, in his mind, what you did was as a woman was you went to college so that you could find a husband. And he started. He started telling me, very young, that it was very unlikely that I was going to get married. And his reasoning was number one, oh, Dad. Number one, men don't like smart women, and number two, men aren't going to want to date women who are taller than they are. And it was very, it was very clear when I was very young <laughs> that I was going to be above average height. Let me put it that way. So. Mm-hmm. As a result of all of this, of, of my handicaps as a human being and a female that I wasn't going to be able to find a good husband, he uh, he basically set out on a path to teach me how to support myself. And in his mind, that meant I needed to know how to hang drywall. I needed to know how to swing a hammer. I needed to know how to change a tire, all the things that the guy would usually do, right? Mm-hmm, sure. But also, uh, he when I was uh, in 10th grade, he made me go to... Uh, Dale Carnegie Sales School, that which was a, a thing that he taught at the time. But you know, you can. There's me, and there's all these like forty-five-year-old men who are already in sales mm-hmm. who are just trying yeah. to increase their commissions. And I've got nothing to sell, of course, because I'm in I'm in tenth grade. But the uh, the unintended result of that, I guess, to him was I both got married and also went into business for myself. Now, I will say that at the time that all this was going on. He never, he never, he did say you're never going to get married, but he did not say what I'm doing is preparing you to, to be able to put food on the table anyway. But I hated it. I hated it. I was Mm -hmm. like, I was like, none of my friends have to do this. You know, summertime, my friends at all ride bikes and I would have to go clean out apartments. You know, uh, uh, he had this saying that our business is a family business. So everybody in the family participates in the business. And I just thought it was horribly unfair. But in retrospect, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of glad it happened that way. <laughs>
2: and he was a wise man,
1: as it as it turned out. He for that whole thing about you know no man's ever going to want you. <laughs> um, yeah. So so that has that your your job uh, for for much of your professional career has kind of been uh, taking taking kids of various ages. <laughs> who were not taught in the public school system and were also not taught by their parents how to start businesses, run businesses, be entrepreneurial, how to go about doing that. Mm-hmm. So you 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 kind of understand the challenges when you know, a kid's 17, 18, 15, in mm-hmm. the case of the, uh, the Youth Entrepreneurial Academy, we let kids yep. in there sometimes as, as young as 13 yep. years old. Um, so give us some insight on... At, at what age, people need to start this process, and we'll talk we'll talk about what the process is. But mm-hmm. at what age, with the kids, uh, people need to start the process and how how it sort of develops? Because I know a five year old, you're not going to sit them down and explain economics.
2: Yeah, to, to, a, to a degree, a five year old is not going to be able to handle that. But a, but a five year old also knows they want certain things in life. Even at age five, they begin to look at. I'd like to have this and so frequently it's like I want a ball and it's like well you know I could get you a ball but if I could show you a way to take and make a little bit of money so you can buy your own ball and if you start early enough and you do it in such a way that the kids kind of see the the uh, relationship between helping other people do things or accomplish things and the reward then that kind of works so in our family, at age 14 and a half, we had this thing called the Woodkid's Reading List. And so what would occur is when they said, I want to go to space camp, and I want to go to this camp, and I want to do this, then they had to earn 50% of the money. Liz and I would give them half, and then they had to make them the rest themselves. But even before that, when they said in the 7th grade, well, I don't want just regular gym shoes. I want the Michael Jordan gym shoes. And those are $150 back then, as opposed to the 65 that we looked at as mom and dad and says those are perfectly suitable gym shoes that are fine. And then what we would do is we would give them opportunities to earn that money by doing chores around the house. So even though your kids can't work out of the house, you can take the things that mom and dad don't want to do and convert that into chores that, that are perfectly age appropriate. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, we looked at taking them actually onto the job sites where we were rehabbing, and we would give them age-appropriate things to do. So my son is young, you know, six, seven years old. There's a wrought iron railing, and you give him a half-inch paintbrush and a little can of black paint, and it's like, Dan, go ahead and paint <laughs> that, and it takes him forever. But we're paying them the whole time, and so it becomes a matter of, in our family, you get to keep half, and mom and dad are going to take the other half and put it in your Roth IRA. mm. mm. So we, even back then, we got them started early investing. how How
1: old were your kids before you explained to them what the Roth IRA was, and they understood it. <laughs> um,
2: we did about about 14, mm-hmm, about 14. Mm -hmm. What's funny about that is what's amazing – I mean, the whole compounding interest thing that we hear about, that we're taking away, you know, half their money and putting it away. And then when they got into high school and had driver's licenses, they're then driving and having sometimes one job to three jobs, depending upon how ambitious they wanted to be at the time. And then you get to the point where they're coming out of college, and you have people – you know, my daughter asking some young man, so how much do you have in your Roth IRA? And he says, what's a Roth IRA? <laughs> and then he goes, well, how, how much do you have in your Roth IRA? And she goes, like, $30,000? <laughs> and he goes, will you marry me? <laughs> so it's if you start them young, it's amazing what that money can grow to.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, Very if you, true. If you
2: just take and put a dollar away, I mean, a dollar away, starting at birth through retirement, and you get a 10% rate of return, I believe you end up with like $2.7 million. So it's all about starting early, as you know.
1: Mm -hmm. We need to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be addressing the issues that I have heard from you guys about Things like how do you handle resistance from your children when they when you want them to work in the family business? How do you uh, make that balance between allowance and no, you got to go? do the work for this? How do you encourage them to do things like open their own little online business, which is significantly easier now than it was in 1985 mm-hmm, when absolutely. there was no online for the online business to happen in? We're also going to take your questions at 877-772-9658. That's eight seven 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 two nine six five eight, 772 9658 Or you can send them via email, askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Jim Wood, who has years of experience teaching fairly young people, uh, including his own children, but also other people's children, how to uh, kind of take on this entrepreneurial mindset, think about starting a business, think about um, doing things other than the, quote, traditional path of go to college, get a job, Used to be, you know, work there for forty years and then get a watch, but that's not—that's <laughs> no. not what the millennials are doing anymore. It's no. work there for six months, discover, decide you're not being fulfilled by your job, go get another better job. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> they yep. just go, they just can 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 hop from job to job, and of course, that, that's partly a uh, result of the fact that the economy's mostly been going northward mm-hmm. since they graduated from college, and there Absolutely. there could be a rude awakening there if there's a recession. But, um, I mean, one of the, one of the things that I know you've heard this a million times because I have people, people who are in any sort of business, if you get to talking about public school education, will say, Oh my God, they do such a terrible job of, 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 of teaching kids about the real world and money. And I mean, they don't even teach you how to balance a bank account. How's that? How's that even possible? And Partly, of course, what they're what they're saying is, man, I wish they taught me that. Mm-hmm. I would have it right. would have it would it would have like set me off on a different path because uh, I didn't figure it out until you know, way after I had already gone down the road of the job. But they're also partly bemoaning that their kids aren't learning it. Um, why is it? Do you think that that public schools apparently aren't doing a great job of <laughs> of putting this idea out into the water?
2: The the primary purpose of of school is to prepare people to be employees and to prepare people to go to college and so they don't necessarily see it as their role to take on teaching you all about finance and investing and entrepreneurship um, that's something that you pick up in specialty curriculums in college or um, or you pick up from moms and dads, and sometimes it can be a neighbor's parent that you learn that stuff from. Um, it's it's just one of those things where, th- when you look at all the things that have to be done to prepare people for standardized testing, you have to prepare people, you know, to go to college, and you know, it's just not one of those things that they have enough time to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. it's it's unfortunate, but that's kind of the way it is.
1: I suspect that most kids grow up without any super direct contact with people who have started a business.
2: That's that's accurate, yeah.
1: They might they might know that vaguely their uncle who lives in California gets mm-hmm. talked about as being very successful and that he started a software business, but they don't probably actually get to sit down and say, How'd you do that? or you know, have any of that relayed to them
2: so and and it's part of it is what you learn from your family i'll tell you i'll tell you a story about one of the businesses that we had that we sold a guy came and he said listen i want to buy your business for my daughter she's getting ready to graduate from college and i was like going really Mm what why why are you want to buy her a business Mm -hmm. and he had a very profound statement he said I never want my children to know what it's like to work for wages, only profits. Mm. And so by her, even though he's going to give her this business to run, from day one when she opens the door, she doesn't get any money herself personally, unless there's a profit at the end of the month. And that's a different mindset that someone with money who's been successful in life would have versus... Everybody else who, for the most part, gets up, goes to a job, which is what a lot of us want—safe, secure job with benefits. hmm hmm
1: Do you do you feel like you, you've worked with a ton of kids over the years? I know I know you have. Yep. Do you feel like there are just some people that some there's something in their makeup that m- makes them very suited to be an entrepreneur versus the I want the safe, secure job, or do you feel like that it's it's nature or nurture? Are they are they are they? Is that the way they are, or is that something that they that they learn from their parents? No,
2: you can learn it from your parents. I mean, and I've had people say say the same thing. All the, you know, people people who are successful in business, they're just lucky. Hmm. It's like no, 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 no. I mean, there is some luck to it, but the reality is, is people prepare to be business owners and to be successful. When your dad sent you to sales training, <laughs> he knew that that's how you become successful in business. That's a major key. Um, so, so everything you teach him along the way all all builds, and eventually you fail your way to success. And so when I walked down the, you know, when, sorry, when, when I graduated from Eastern Kentucky University, Colonel Sanders was our commencement speaker. Hmm. So then he was a very elderly man, all hunched over walking with a cane. Walks down the aisle, stands up to speak, and says, I failed at over so-and-so number of businesses. I was at eighty or at age 68, I was driving around the hills of Kentucky with pressure cookers full of chicken in the trunk of my car. And it was all about the message of, you persist. You don't quit. You fail, you start again. You fail, you start again. So when you look at the fact that if eight out of 10 businesses fail, you just have to be prepared to start nine.
1: <laughs> or start 10 and then you'll have two right. successful businesses. <laughs> and the
2: worst that happens when you fail in business, other than you, you lose your money. The worst thing that happens is you're gonna have to move back in with mom and dad for a while. <laughs>
1: So, so, I'm hearing that there there are a lot of lessons here that people should be conveying to their children that are not uh let me show you how to balance checkbook. Let me show you how profit and loss statements work, but things things as basic as it's okay to fail. It's even okay to fail spectacularly as long as you yeah. learn something, pick it up do it again and and those lessons probably come in a variety you might think of it as a a business lesson but you know they're going to fail at other things too right sports Mm -hmm. and you know i'm trying to think of all the things i failed at as a kid getting good grades (laughs) i failed at that so so um
2: fail early Fail responsibly.
1: So, for a, a parent who's listening and and thinking, yeah, I just I, you know, my kids are showing zero interest in what I do, and someday I'm going to leave it to them. That's going to be terrible because people who aren't prepared to inherit a portfolio of real estate are going to end up, you know, squandering it or selling the golden goose or mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, how how intentional do they need to be? about this in other words about you know what, what message are they conveying and how much of that is sit them down talk to them versus how much of it is just you know show them.
2: We all have a choice in life the big decision that we all make is do you want to be rich poor middle class and each behavior skill set leads you in one of those directions so if you're going to take the time to sit down with your kids, you need to say, these are the things that are to lead you whichever direction you choose to go because that's going to be a choice. But if you want to take these choices, you have to do these things. And so there's a difference in what you see out there as you look around the world. There are people who have really nice cars, really nice homes. And it becomes a matter of do you want that? And then to what degree do you want that? And so you start you know, looking at, at choices. And so when I was teaching my classes at Cincinnati State, my real estate investing class, the very first night I'd say, What's, what would really make you happy in terms of how much you would wanna make per year? And I'd go around the room to 35 people and I'd get anything from $50,000 a year to 1.5 million. And then I'd raise my hand and I'd go 18,000. And they'd look at me like, what do you mean? What's the deal? And it becomes a matter of, listen, if I can be happy, live in a mobile home, with a pond, with a shop full of tools, and my and my hobby and what I love to do most is read novels, and I make enough passive income a year to make $18,000, I'm done.
1: And have paid off my debt. That's, That's right. <laughs> I, have no, yeah. I have no debts. That's exactly. an important consideration exactly. there. Done. Mm-hmm. Mm hmm. OK. So um good thing to encourage your kids to think about is what's my number mm-hmm. and then how do I reach that number with a job, without a job, mm-hmm. on passive income, right. running a business of, you know, it's a, it's a, I don't think kids realize until even by observing, I don't think they realize until they're like right on the cusp of graduating from high school and college and having to do it themselves. What a huge difference there is between active income that's very highly taxed mm-hmm. and that you have to trade your, your dollars for, your hours for dollars. Pete, Pete Fortunato called it being a wage slave <laughs> on the radio a few right. weeks ago. Uh, and, um, you know, kind of more controlling your time, decide, you know, getting to hopefully uh, do something that you're passionate about, not just mm-hmm. what somebody tells you to do, which is often the case in people's jobs. And then the third option, which is, it in, it isn't even you making the money, it's not even your hours making the money. It's your assets mm-hmm. making the money. Right. So that that seems like a perhaps a good sit down discussion mm-hmm. or you know conversation over the dinner table. Uh, right. That that sort of thing to have with kids. Uh, We need to take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to answer your questions that are coming in by email at askvina at gmail.com. We'll also take your calls at 877-772-9658. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Jim Wood, who in, in that whole bio I gave you, I forgot to mention that you're a real estate investor. <laughs> I, got I hate it when people do that to me, you know, like they introduce me, and they're like, oh, it's, she's the past president and it, of this. It, and it, the, it works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's past president of this, and she's been in this magazine, and welcome her, and I'm like, yeah, I'm also a real estate investor, that's yeah. why I'm here talking to you. Uh, so he's the former head of the Entrepreneurship Degree Program at Cincinnati State University, which means he's dealt with... Uh, lots of kids in, at at lots of ages. To, you know, typically, starting you know kind of early to mid teens. But I, I know I know in the in the uh, state college uh, world, you're not always getting kids. So sometimes right. you're getting 45 year olds who are looking for a new career. But mm-hmm. we're really talking about uh, how to get your kids interested in if not. Your business, at least the idea of business, and um, Jim, I think that's I think that's an important distinction because my dad wanted me to go into the real estate business. Mm-hmm. He didn't want me to go into selling jewelry or you know making <laughs> art or it was it was a real estate business was what right. he was really really attached to, and uh, to you know to some extent that actually deterred me from going into the real estate business. You know you don't you don't want to do what your parents have laid out for you. Right. And it was only the fact that I graduated from college in the middle of a recession and also, also uh, did work in corporate America for about six weeks. And Oh my gosh, just it's, it only took me six weeks to figure out that I hated it. Yep. <laughs> I did yep. not want to do it anymore. And that landed me, you know, temporarily back working for the family business. Mm-hmm. And it, that, that temporary is still going on yep. <laughs> many decades later. So uh, the, the, uh, the the point I wanted to, to have you address is um, how, how agnostic, I guess, should the parents be about which business versus just, you know, find something you love and go make a business out of it?
2: Mm-hmm. it part of it, I guess, is how much resistance you get from your kids. And the other thing is, you know, that we always looked at was, we incentivized our kids to work for us because we paid them more than anybody else would pay them. And so it's like, why would you go work for McDonald's for this when you can work for us for this? And and then on top of that, we also looked at the social part of it because kids like to be with kids. And we said, so do you know any responsible young people, i.e. friends of yours, that would want to do this also? So if you're to the point where you're looking to build a, a crew for the summer, it's like, why not have a, you know two people there that are friends with your kids jump in and work on a house?
1: You know, the more you talk, the more I suspect that my dad was a genius. <laughs> <laughs> because you know my partner, Drew. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've known him since I was about 14 years old. Mm-hmm. And he was always hanging around the house. And my father would round my brothers and I and drew up (laughs) and (laughs) and say you know we need to send out I remember we we spent many nights uh, addressing and stamping mailings and Mm -hmm. I'm gonna pay you a nickel for each one that's completely ready to go and drew thought that was the best thing in the world because it was much better than you would be able to do at a fast-food restaurant or something like that and then I didn't mind it as much because my friend and I could sit there and talk exactly while we were while we were doing
2: these things and frequently there's food involved yes you know
1: already a pizza yep. yeah <laughs> ooh pizza yay um so so the 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 lessons that these kids learn by by being in your real estate business do go beyond though just real estate business right it shows it shows you know this is what mom and dad do on the weekends this is Mm -hmm. and the reason we do it is this and it opens up those sorts of discussions as well so even if they go and become instagram stars and make more money than you do because they (laughs) get however instagram stars make money they get sponsorships or they get paid paid placements or whatever uh the lesson is still there right right
0: Yeah. yeah
1: So uh got a uh, got a question from Stacy in Columbus. She says this is a great topic. We have three children, three children, ages 7, 9 and 11 and two of the three are very interested in making money in <laughs> Uh, working in our businesses, the older ones uh, mow the lawns, we always let them clean out vacancies, and uh, even even with supervision, paint. The middle one, however, is somewhat resistant to, resistant to this. I'm wondering how, to what extent we should force the children to work in the rental visit business versus entice them to work in it.
2: I, I'm a proponent of trying to do everything you can to entice them to do it. but. If, if they're resistant to not doing anything, that's an entirely different thing. Um, and, and I mean, for example, I mean, there are people who, you know, little kids grow flowers from scratch and they go sell them at the farmer's market. And it simply becomes a matter of well, if this business doesn't interest you, what else might? Is as, as opposed to like I'm just I just want to stand and watch television, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, there's there's always going to be well number one there's going to be resistance just because mom and dad want me to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's right. also going to be resistance just because I'm a teenager and I don't want to do anything, perhaps. But maybe the middle kid, maybe the middle kid's a middle kid, and it's Mm -hmm. just there's just nothing to be done about it. And maybe the middle kid just isn't finding what he wants in the same things that the the uh, other two kids are. So um, I don't know, Stacy. What what is he passionate about? Because I mean. It's no longer a handicap to starting your own business that you're only nine. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like you know, nine year olds do all kinds of things online. They will. They'll. I know one that um, buys and sells used toys. like buys and sells like you know, classic and used toys on eBay, and so nobody many... knows. Nobody knows they're nine.
2: Sure, I've had I've had past students from the the, um, the real estate academy that I teach. You know. Six months after it's over, you know, send me an email. Hey, Mr. Wood, just want to let you know that I'm now buying used motorcycles and parting them out and selling them on eBay. And you're like going, you're not even willing to drive the motorcycle yet. He <laughs> says, yeah, but my dad thinks it's really cool that I'm doing this.
1: Very good. So, yeah, Stacy, maybe try and find something that they, that they are uh, um, interested in. So... um encouragement versus pushing (laughs) because i've seen um i've seen parents who their kid does start a business and they're super proud of it and they'll they'll go tell everybody my my kid makes dog treats and is selling them Mm to i mean i'm using a real example although the next part of the example is not is not real but uh my kid makes makes organic dog treats and sells them to the high-end pet stores and made, you know, however much, $200 last week doing that. But then the kids lose interest.
2: That's okay. (laughs) I, I lose interest. I mean, my first business that I started was a painting business. And I did it for about three summers. And one day I woke up and I went, I hate this. Even though I'm making good money and I have a crew of four people, this is boring. And so I simply sold the business, you know, to all the equipment to some of the guys that were working for me, and they just kept it going. And I transitioned into the next thing.
1: You know, that's um, that 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 that's a teaching opportunity mm-hmm. to say, okay, you don't want to do the business anymore. Is there somebody who would buy it? Yeah,
2: everything it, has value.
1: Yeah, because there's de- that's definitely something that's not like I didn't even I didn't even realize you could. You could sell a small business. I mean, I mean, like, you know, that Kellogg's can get sold to, you know, right. some bigger company or something, but it never occurred to me that you could sell a business like a wholesaling business or a property management business or something like that until I read uh, uh, the e-myth. So, yeah, <laughs> this, absolutely. and then, and of <laughs> course, of course, the big, the big lesson in the e-myth is uh, build a business thinking you're going to sell it, even if you you don't right? the, the systems right. and the processes and the procedures. Um, in fact, there is so much to learn about not just, not just like being a self-employed person who happens to be a good painter and have hired their friends to be painters, but the whole, all that stuff around it, marketing it, um, uh, building the system so that you don't always have to be standing over exactly. the other painters and telling them how we do this and, right. and so on. Uh, at, 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 at what age are kids ready to start hearing that sort of thing? And and ha- would would you just hand them the e and say read this and give me a book report?
2: <laughs> no, that thing is so. I mean, it's good, but it's really it's really dry. Um, I mean, kids, you know, it, it it's so age appropriate and personality appropriate because what will work at one age group in one family won't work in another family at the same age group. So there's got to be some you know judgment that you would realize what's going to work best for your kid
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. someone should write a book like that for kids <laughs> just 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 a thought just in your spare time <laughs> while i'm resting <laughs> that's, that's right <laughs> uh, we need to take a quick break uh, when we come back we're going to answer some more questions from that came in at ask at gmail.com that's a-s-k-v like in victor e-n-a at gmail.com by the way You can also call for advice on how to get your kids involved in business, or if you have a success story, we'd love to hear that too, 877-772-9658. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, talking today to Jim Wood, who uh, taught his own children about entrepreneurialism and also taught other people's children about (laughs) entrepreneurialism at Cincinnati State and also uh, teaches the Youth Academy at the annual National Real Estate Conference uh, sponsored by OREA every year and uh, you'll be hearing more about that event in the next few months as we rev up to um, putting that on again at the end of October, beginning of November. Uh, I would be remiss if I said, by the way, if I did not say, by the way, that Cincinnati RIA has a meeting tomorrow night, and it's uh, it's kind of a unique one in that it is real estate investor speed networking. We're going to give folks a chance to put into practice some of the things that we've been talking about here on Real Life Real Estate and at the group over the last couple of months about how to use what you have to get what you want. And we're gonna give um, new folks and experienced folks a chance to get together and talk about, well, what I want is your knowledge and what you want is deals. So how about I whip up some deals and bring them to you and you help me get through them and you'll get part of the deal and also I'll learn how how to do it, so. Gonna Best be a, way to learn. Going be, gonna to be an interesting, yes, an interesting experience. And also at the early meeting, uh, Jim is going to be speaking to the active investors group about uh, direct ways to get your kids uh, kind of thinking along the lines of being entrepreneurial. And uh, I will be speaking at the new investors session about how to appraise properties, how to figure out what deals are worth. Um, Oh, and by the way, you know, kids are welcome at RIA. We actually have a, uh, we have a discounted rate for uh, college students. Um, You sent a lot of, you were our recruiter of the year, most (laughs) of the years that you were working at Cincinnati State, because I think in the real estate program, you know, going out and hanging out with other real estate investors must have been one of the assignments, (laughs) because we have many members who got started through uh, your your program, actually. And uh, the, the, You know, as long as they're not disruptive, they're welcome. They're welcome at meetings, right? You know, they can come and maybe they'll be playing video games on their iPad, but maybe they'll pick some stuff up. Uh, So, a couple of questions that have come in via email. Um, This one is from JC in Las Vegas. He says, "Can you ask Jim about the most impactful way to explain and illustrate the to young people?" the differences between owning assets versus liabilities and also the difficult topic of compound interest working for you versus working against you. <laughs> okay.
2: Okay, so the, <clears throat> give me the... Give me the first one again.
1: Okay, so the differences between owning assets versus right. owning liabilities, like credit okay, card debt, sure. yeah, right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> so the, the, the bottom line is is if it puts money in your pocket, it's an asset. If it takes money out of your pocket, it's a liability. And in some cases, they can be both depending upon the situation. So if, if you own a house and your tenants are making the monthly payments, it's an asset. But if they're not making their monthly payments and they leave and trash the place, it just became a big liability. Um, so you want to take and have as many assets as you can.
1: Mm-hmm. So, And then a second question was uh, about compound interest, which uh, we've all seen the illustrations if we've been in any real estate class. We've seen sure. those illustrations that say, if you if you start putting $1,000 a year in your IRA when you're six, you almost <laughs> don't have to do anything else because by the time you're 65, you'll be a multi-billionaire. But if you start at 45, right. it doesn't hardly do anything by the time you're 65. And that's a wonderful
2: illustration. And I just literally, with one of my coaching students today, uh, went over the, we're thinking about buying this particular toy. And it's going to be a monthly payment of $232 a month for 20 years. So I said, well, if you don't buy the toy, what will that turn into if you could get a 15% rate of return on your investment? And it was over 20 years, $307,000. And then if they were to take and then rent that money out to other people, that generates about $46,000 a year for them. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm always about getting people to as early in life as possible put away small amounts of money. So if you're a high school student and you can figure out a way to start saving a dollar a day, do it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've always suspected that if I had kids, there would be a lot of a lot of role playing using Monopoly money. Oh yeah. The, <laughs> the, just to show. All right. Yep. So so you're only putting a dollar. But but let's see what happens that dollar in a year. Oh, now it's only a dollar and a dime. Right. But let's see what happens in two years. Oh, now it's only a dollar twenty one. 21. Right. But let's see what happens in sixty five years. Woo monopoly. No one can see me doing this. But yep. I'm, I'm I'm miming, throwing monopoly money That's up right. into the air. So much so much monopoly money. <laughs> um, and they don't I mean the thing is they don't, you know, when they're when they're five, seven, nine, eleven years old, they don't have to understand the math.
2: No.
1: They just have to understand the concept.
2: And the, the here's the thing that I find, the argument that works the best. It becomes a matter of, do you want to wake up in the morning one day and do what you want to do all day long rather than what someone else tells you to do? And that's all about, you know, basically accumulating assets. They're going to pay you enough money equal to the lifestyle you want to live. And I encourage everybody I can to try and arrange your life so you're finished working for somebody else if you're going to go that path between age 40 and 50. That's going to require some sacrifice. That's going to require some savings. The bottom line is you will work for the rest of your life if you can't save money early in life. Learn to be frugal.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Learn to be frugal.
1: Learn to live at less than whatever your income is at that moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a question uh, from Matt. He says... Many of my peers are still paying off student loans more than 12 years after they have graduated from college. Can you ask Jim to address the issue of Coverdale Education Savings Accounts and the possibility of kids being able to open their own, if their parents cannot do such for them, and then using their income to invest in their own schooling?
0: Okay,
2: so... I'm not a financial advisor, so let's just be upfront about that. You can do some investing in the Coverdale IRA. But one of the best things you can do is figure out, do I need a traditional four-year degree, or can I start at some place, it's a two-year degree at Cincinnati State, where a two-year degree will cost $14,000? You then co-op at Cincinnati State, which is one of the prime reasons you go there. Then at the end of the two years where you're working, 95% of the time or more, the employer looks at you and says, we'd like you to stay if you'd like to. The beauty of that is many of those companies have tuition reimbursement programs who will then pay for the next college degree and frequently your master's if you possibly so the whole goal is to keep your college expenses really low mm-hmm. and then obviously save to pay for the, the amount that you you got to cover.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the the question of can kids invest in their own So I've never seen that happen. I Usually it's the parents make whatever the contribution is, and I don't even know what the limits are because I haven't done that myself. Uh, and then, in order to actually get enough money in there, I mean, it's, it's tax free, that's nice, right I get to mm-hmm. I get to earn three thousand to put three thousand yeah. in the account, but y- you literally almost can't contribute enough right from the t- time a kid is born because <laughs> you got to have a social security number for the kid. You can't be like, oh well, right. I'm gonna have a kid in the future right. so I'm gonna start I'm gonna start contributing now. Um, but usually the way that that real estate folks build up their kids CISA is they make the contributions, but then they use the contributions to buy a note that yields 15% mm-hmm. where they um you know flip a couple of, of uh, properties using mm-hmm. the money from the CESA as an investment. So uh, the question of whether the kids can do it for themselves, I think we'd have to get John Heyer yeah, on here or exactly. something to to ask that question. Another
2: one of my favorites for that is when you uh actually take in the month that your child is born, you go out and get a rental property and then you put a renter in there for 18 years. You pay down the loan, and then you do a tax-free refinancing when your kid goes to college, and the money's there. Mm -hmm. So instead of you having to put away money every month, essentially your renter is paying for your kid to go to college.
1: Uh, So here, here is an interesting question from Mike in Detroit. He says... Can you give me some ideas on how my kids who are in their early to mid-teens can help me actually find real estate and business opportunities and <laughs> how how I would compensate them? I don't want to overpay them just because they're my kids, but obviously I want them to see the results of this. So uh, this is a guy who's looking for...
0: So. I don't know somebody did big
1: marketing <laughs> lists which hey your kids are probably so, better here. on the computer than you are. <laughs>
2: so here, here's here's one of my favorites is you you have your kids many times kids are in study hall for at least one period a day. And in some cases they can then go to the library and use a computer if they don't have a computer themselves. And what I have them do is I have them sit down and do what's called the Zillow exercise with realtor.com. And essentially what you're looking for is um, sort the properties, lowest to highest, and then l- look at the low-end ones and what they're priced at, look at what the general neighborhood sells for, look for the the spread. And if the spread's big enough, then I have, have them call the realtor.
1: <laughs> you have the kid call the realtor. Sure, I thought this was gonna end with no, it to no, you no, and no, you no, call no, the no. realtor. Uh-huh. No,
2: this requires some role play, practice at home with mom and dad. But mm-hmm. it's amazing. And they may blow it the first time, you know. But the reality is, by the time they've done it twenty-five times, they're very good at it. Mm-hmm. And I give them the script, you know. So it's like, here's what I want you to say, personalize it over time, and they do really well with that.
1: Mm-hmm. And then, and then, how do they get paid when this is successful?
2: Um, what you what you do is you you bonus them, okay. So you can literally say say for every deal that that you find me, I give you this much money. Mm -hmm. And you set it up so it pays well. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. And again, it's one of those tax deals where you want to pay them as much as you can
1: Y- yes, actually the in, the end of the end of Mike's the end of Mike's question is I do realize that my kids are in a lower tax bracket than I am, so
2: brilliant, Mike.
1: <laughs> so uh, <laughs> passing it on to them in some ways is just keeping the money in the family. <laughs> All right, very good. Well, you know, there's there's a million more things that we could talk about, Jim, but unfortunately we are out of time. So I'm going to encourage folks who are in the area to come to the Cincinnati REA meeting tomorrow night, where you will be to. Uh, ask further questions mm-hmm. uh, talk you know talk about specific situations they might have they can get more information about that at Cincinnatiria.com that's Cincinnati com. We'll be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing until then happy investing.